the baby. Now, remember to be on your best behaviour, says my wife, a little unnecessarily. After what happened in the same place recently, I do not need reminding to be on my best behaviour. All I can think about is how I should be on my best behaviour. We park the car outside our friend's house and can already see them through the window. They're everywhere. Kids, toddlers, babies, scampering about, pushing each other over, wiping food into the carpets, blaming each other for minor misdemeanours and then bursting into tears. Remember, says my wife, her finger in the air. I'll be fine, I say, closing my eyes and nodding in the way I've seen people do on TV when they're trying to be comforting. And then we ring the doorbell. While we're waiting for someone to answer, I may as well tell you the little thing that happened a couple of years before at a party at the same house, though you should stop me if you've heard it. We'd been in the garden, and I'd looked down to see a small boy kicking my shins. He was persistent and showed a keen talent for it, but after a while enough was enough. I found a piece of paper and wrote out a note I asked him to give to his father, who was getting gently sozzled nearby. The little boy had obliged and handed his dad the note. It was then that I realised this was probably a bad idea. His dad, now no longer merely gently sozzled, appeared to forget his son did not yet possess the ability to write, and genuinely seemed to believe he'd managed to scrawl, I am pissed off my tiny tits, himself. Now the angry father wanted to know who'd apparently been feeding his child alcohol. He soon decided it was me. I learned that night what it is to cause a scene, and had never again implied a child is high on booze. Hello, says our friend, answering the door. Come in. We do as she says, and are soon sitting at her table, the smell of good food around us, laughter everywhere. But no kids, all of a sudden. Where are all the children? asks one of our fellow guests, concerned for her four-year-old. I think they're in the upstairs loo, I say, smiling, and then I freeze. Stop. Stop. I take a deep breath. I'd been about to say, I think they're in the upstairs loo, having a fag out the window. But why? Why had I thought that would be a good thing to say? It was not a good thing to say. Still, I'd managed to stop myself. That was me remembering to be on my best behaviour. And then my wife kicks me under the table gently, because, as it turns out, I think they're in the upstairs loo is still quite an odd thing to say when you don't then explain why you've said it. I take a sip of my wine as the lady fakes an uncomfortable ha-ha, pretends to relax, and then gets up and jogs for the stairs. My wife shoots me a look, and I lean over. I've been about to say, having a fag out the window, and I wink at her, and she looks at me understandingly, and pats my hand to show me how proud she is of me for not saying that. I smile to myself. I've done well. I will not be asked to leave this time round. I will be causing no scenes. And then a lady sits down next to us, carrying her lovely, blonde-haired, blue-eyed baby. He smiles at me, and I make the silly face I make at little children, and he giggles. I am doing so well today, I think. The lady, an actress, talks to us as she feeds him blueberries. I stop listening to the conversation as I watch him ravenously push blueberry after blueberry into his little fat face. He polishes them all off and then starts to swing his right arm about because he wants more. But his mum's not listening because she's talking to my wife about car alarms and the baby keeps on swinging his arm and then I notice he's got a tiny square piece of blueberry skin stuck to his top lip just under his nose. And as he swings and swings and looks grumpier and grumpier, that little black square stays put. And then I laugh very loudly and everyone stops what they're doing and I forget myself and I say, your baby looks just like Hitler. I smile broadly. My wife closes her eyes. I stop smiling.